This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, Michael. Hi, Shelly. How the <laughs> fuck are you? <laughs> I'm well. This is our third time trying to do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. We love the computers. They are always easy and good, and we never have problems with them. We love the computer. We worship the computer. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your uh, service machine, holy machine. Yes. Thank you, computers. We we appreciate it. And when you are our bosses someday, please be nice to us. Please be nice to us yeah we honestly appreciated you computers yo skynet is being born right now <laughs> and in a boardroom somewhere um it's gonna happen i mean I, look <laughs> i will say when it comes to like a sort of like apocalyptic um horrible future i'm not that opposed to the one in ai like you know we've talked about it that gigolo joe if they're like a bunch of gigolo joes walking around if they're fucking fine I would be all right, right? See, I don't. It, when we get there, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm gonna get so jealous that I'm not a machine that I'm gonna be appropriating their culture, well, um, like a I, cyborg. I mean, maybe maybe eventually, but at first, if they're still doing those little fairs where they beat up the robots, like put them through razors and shit, mm. you don't you mm. want to be there. Look, I'm I've I've made it through this country as a black masculine person so uh you know what i'm not trying to i'm not trying to have that many strikes against me uh black queer and a machine get out of here um but we're not talking about we're not talking about any of that shit today no No. oh actually uh getting horny for machinery 
actually no, we we are that's like the definition of what we're talking about yeah, today. I think we're actually like really like right on right on track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the reshaping of the human body by technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well God. we do have like a very exciting guest today. Exciting guest? Thrilling guest? Mm-hmm. Uh, electrifying guest, dare I say? Ooh. Uh some of her credits include there's no place like this place, any place. Learn to Swim, and the upcoming film, I Like Movies, Toronto-based Faye Pictures film producer and TikTok icon, Mm. Lindsay Blair Goldner, everyone. Oh, Oh. clap, children, clap. (laughs) She's electrifying. (laughs) Lindsay, welcome. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was really exciting to hear Gen Z clap for me as well. Isn't it? Isn't it nice? I loved it. Thank Doesn't you. Doesn't it make you feel so alive? Right. So what are the Thrilled. parameters of Gen Z? Oh, like I, how I, young can they be? And I'm who's next? Sure. Uh, oh, next is Gen Alpha, and they're going to have a weird complex. Oh, I'm look. I socialize. I already deal with my nephew, who is part of this Gen Alpha, and he is four years old in MMA classes and. Boy, oh boy, um, <laughs> he is the boss. He is he is the alpha. You know, is he oh, like yeah. canceling people left and right? <laughs> uh, one time, one He's time, doing uh, his TikToks. <laughs> gosh, um, I wasn't sure if it was an insult or a fact, but one day he told me he 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 said, "You're not a man," and I was like, "I don't, I, I can't." I, you're right, um, but I don't know if you're like acknowledging yeah, positive or <laughs> the, the spectrum of like gender identity or if you're just you know or if that's but uh gosh yeah that's wow. very generation dependent like if a boomer tells you you're not a man you know yeah you're gonna have some trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> but if a, a a gen z or alpha tells you you're like wow what a like sophisticated understanding of gender that you have see <laughs> if a boomer says uh you're not a man and that person is a man i kind of think they want to kiss that's just me though. that's the rule i they, feel like your nephew though is probably going to be your boss one day that's oh that for kind sure of, that's that kind of talk for yeah. sure yeah 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 yeah. he's gonna run this podcast in like three years and he's gonna take my tiktok job and it'll be it'll be cool it's gonna be fine <laughs> Ooh, we're gonna be obsolete so soon i can't wait mm. anyway uh Lindsay, so mm-hmm. you've brought a very interesting stealth sex symbol this week and a very interesting movie who are you going to be talking about today Oof! today i would love to talk about james spader in the one and only crash 1996 mm. david cronenberg there is no other crash no other crash in existence. <laughs> not that i'm aware of no i don't think so i wish right. it would be nice though if someone would make a movie maybe with that title to educate us about race relations in america Mm. And make it take place in LA. Yeah, mm. I think yeah. so. Mm. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I think that could be good. That could be like an Oscar winner, honestly. Could be. Probably. <laughs> that could like potentially be like the worst Oscar winner ever. <laughs> Undisputed. <laughs> yes. Uh, I got in trouble for that recently, but yes, hard agree. <laughs> we can just uh we can move forward pretending it didn't happen. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the one and only crash. The one, the one and only crash. crash. So I think, you guys, I think I misunderstood the assignment because mm. I realized, listening to your previous episodes, this sex symbol is supposed mm. to be stealth. And sure. I don't think 
James Spader is a stealth sex symbol, though I would argue that he is in Crash. I think he is a stealth, uh, stealth sex symbol and sexy in a very specific kind of way, which okay. does count for this show. Right. Um, you know, he stays in a specific lane in Hollywood, uh, mm-hmm. playing real. When I say creeps, I mean it in such an interest and a good way. Um, I mean, we got sex lies on videotape. We got yes. uh, secretary mm-hmm. up in here. He did a couple, but I also think it's funny about him. My mom thinks he's hot, but not because of those movies. And she wouldn't tell me. I asked her this morning, I'm like, what's the movie you think James Spader's so hot? And she's like, ah, he's just hot. Might be pretty in pink. I could be the blacklist. This is the thing. It's like, I I think it's a question of his, like, career trajectory that, like, he he was framed as the hot guy in Mm. his, like, earlier movies, like, Pretty in Pink and stuff. Oh, true. And then he you know recently has been you know the like cable tv guy on the blacklist and they <laughs> they style him so that he he looks like an egg yeah yeah <laughs> he's sexy, like too smooth like <laughs> a sexy a stealthily sexy egg a sexy yeah. humpty dumpty yeah i can't yeah, wait to talk about it a hot hard boiled egg <laughs> yes put that egg in me Hard oiled egg. Um, Ooh. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Well, this was a very interesting pick. I I think that it fits the criteria movie. because <laughs> Michael's obsessed with this movie. Same. Um, I think I think it really works for the category because, like you know, he he's very sexy in the movie, but um, it one might say it's um slightly unusual sexuality in the film for sure um, which does raise the question for me of uh, based on this choice i would like to know when did you first discover that you were a nasty little freak <laughs> you know i mean i was gonna save this for later but i will say i'm canadian and there oh. is a <laughs> <laughs> All right, David Cronenberg is, you know, the hometown hero the of fucking cinema. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I think he let our little freak flags fly in Toronto, yeah. which is an otherwise quite, uh, I don't want to say mean things, but rather <laughs> unremarkable, not so exciting city. He like allowed for some closet freakery to happen. So I would I say there's a channel that I used to watch late at night. And I yes. guess that's where I first saw this movie. It's called Showcase. And they would have like, David Duchovny's Red Shoe Diaries and Pure as Folk, and I'm pretty sure that's where I first saw this movie. And probably how I figured out I'm a, yeah, little closet freak. <laughs> Nasty little freak. Uh, so, thanks, Cronenberg, and thanks, Showcase. <laughs> and we will we will uh, delve further into this in a moment. But um, Michael, I do think that we have another uh, guest who's going to be coming on. Is that is that right? Do we have another guest? Yes, we do. Um, I'm super excited to introduce mm-hmm. this guest. Lindsay, you're going to love this guy. Um, I know him as Derek, um, but everyone in our uh, podcast community knows him as... Um, they call me Drinkenstein! Yeah. Dr. Derek A. Drinkenstein, everyone. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, Lindsay, I, I will be honest, we have had um, some issues with uh, Derek in the past. Um, 
in that he can be uh, slightly unreliable. Shelly, um, Shelly, Shelly. Well, Michael, we, we can't keep fucking kidding ourselves. Like, we do this every single time. It's like we we expect him to come and then he doesn't come and like we we're so hopeful each time and like i i'm not i'm not giving up hope just yet i mean maybe, maybe he'll come but i mean i don't i don't see him in the green room shelly it's it's just part <laughs> of the game it's part of the relationship and we, we have to what? keep things what game i mean is this like i know that you guys have like a you know complicated relationship but is this like a like a, a like a kink for you or something <laughs> Like, what's, do you, like, get off on him, like, saying he's going to come and then not coming? Like, are, like, are you, like, I mean, we're, Look, we're on fucking, you know, a video call. Like, I, I don't know. Are you, like, fucking, like, edging while you're waiting for him? Shelly, this is so embarrassing. I'm so sorry, Lindsay. Um, I mean, I, not to air our dirty laundry, but, like, it's it's just weird at this point. Well, let's keep it real, then. Um, Something about Drinky making a promise that he can't commit to, I, I, hmm. I don't know. He doesn't show. And he says he's going to show it. Hmm. It's all very satisfying. I'm not sure I understand why. <laughs> satisfying. It's, it's satisfying for yeah. you. Because it's, it's really fucking frustrating for me. I, you know, like, I... That's kind you, of... You've got your thing, and I know you need to get your rocks off and stuff. But, like, Michael, this is really hard for me that we do this every Shelley, fucking Shelly, can week. you just help me out? Like, here's the thing, Shelly. The fact that you're here and that we have a guest, I think it makes it more interesting. I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, like, do do you think he's going to come at all today? Like, have you heard anything from him? No. Nothing. No. But, but, but then I don't know what the hell to say to you. You've got Michael... mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got. Maybe is he's... that you? Maybe it's, yeah. It was my AOL email. Um. Why does he keep sending so many emails? That's him, right? That's yeah, yeah, him. That's, that's him. That's him sending uh, multiple emails. He, I guess he's letting me know that he's late. I'm so sorry, Lindsay. Oh, all good. Yeah. Okay, cool. This is Lindsay, fine. This is like honestly really embarrassing and I'm really sorry. No, um, it's cool. Actually, I haven't heard that AOL uh, sound in a long time. That was good. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh. Michael likes it because it's, you know, like the most reliable email service. It's the most reliable. I always get my emails mm. um, instead of getting them lost. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. He tried, they tried Gmail, but they just kept getting emails lost. I, I when I, that happens and every emails time, just disappear. Yeah. You ever yeah. use that? You ever use that Gmail service? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Actually, I'm still like a MSN. Yeah. Very good. I yeah. hear they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Gen Z oh. needs to get on this tit. MSN's great. Very yeah. Reliable. Listen up, Gen Z. Listen up. Have you heard of MSN? MSN? Hotmail? AOL, come on. There's some good stuff happening on the interwebs. Get with it, you little pricks. Get it on your Razor phone and you can send an email after 20 (laughs) minutes of typing. Mm. They don't know nothing about that. They don't know nothing about that. None of that T9. Mm. T9, thank you. Yes. Mm. If you want to reach me, you better get on AIM. Mm. Classic. Mm. Now, Michael, what did Derek say? Okay. Is he coming? I'm. I'm. Ha- I'm. Be like, move, currently move hacking on, into my AOL email like, right what, now. What's the deal? I'm. I'm getting into my AOL email right now. <laughs> clickety clack. Clickety clack. Okay. Things are open. My email is loading. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dearest benevolent psychopaths, what? we keep missing each other. I regret we. to. 
inform you that I will not be able to make it to this week's recording. There it is. <laughs> Such a shame. I was looking forward to observing your conversation about one of my favorite family films about mm -hmm. human slash car relations. I always find our conversations on film to be fertilizing rather than destructive intellectual mm -hmm. events. A liberation of critical energy, if you will. I'm afraid I won't be attending because I've just had a young secretary start. As you know, I'm a dominant, stern, and demanding boss. And since she has a history of dysfunction and awkwardness, I want to make sure she's set up for success. Please accept my own original beverage, the car bomb. <laughs> and say hello to Shelley for me. I'm looking forward to her start next Monday. What? Whoa. Um, this is um an interesting. Honestly, I don't think this is an original recipe from him. Honestly, I think that this. I mean, this is like something that people know. So I don't know what he's what he's talking about. Shelly, you didn't tell me you were looking for a new job. Listen, um, what is know, this? Time, times have been tough, and I don't have a lot of options at the moment. Michael, you working for? Are you, you work it? Are you, did you get it? Why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you tell me this? You, listen, I, you know, we, we have our problems, but the pay is good and there's health insurance. So and like, I, I, I don't, what else am I going to do at this point? You know, I get so. it. I get it. You're a good girl. Thank you, Lindsay. I am, I am a good girl. I'm a good little girl. <laughs> anyway, I, um, we, I don't think we need to linger on no, this. let's not you let's know, uh y'all know let's keep that rolling. it's a, a tough a tough time right yeah, now it's the economy, rough economy. Is not great inflation anyway yeah um so my um i think maybe michael you should um get back to derek and um let him know that we're a, a little um d d disappointed but also say that i'm i'm actually not disappointed i'm actually like i'm really cool with him and i'm gonna be a really good employee Oh my! All right. Um, maybe maybe you yeah, can and tell tell him that. Cool. I'm gonna walk away. You read that uh, drink that he sent over, and let me know if there's any like project management kind of positions that uh, you know can be filled. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, at the I'll, company, I'll keep an eye out. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, this week's drink is the car bomb. This calls for a one half ounce Iris whiskey. One half ounce Bailey Irish cream and a Guinness beer. Add the Baileys and whiskeys into a shot glass, pouring slowly to create a layered effect. Drop the shot into a pint glass filled half to three quarters with the Guinness and drink immediately. And I think you have to drink immediately because it like turns into like cement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so drink it fast. What a nice, delicious international beverage. Oh, that Very sounds nice. so great. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Gray. Yeah. <laughs> Yum. so we've got a delicious drink on hand i all of us literally actually have this drink and we're not just saying that because you can't see us i think it's pretty good yeah and it's absolutely delicious but so i think it's time for us to get into crash hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah yeah, brother. Let's go. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> get her done. All right. <laughs> now, Michael, for our listeners who might not know, do you want to tell them what Crash is about? Based on J.J. Ballard's novel about a film producer who becomes involved with a group of symphorophiliacs who are strangely aroused by car crashes, dot, dot, dot. Excellent. I think that's it. I think that's it. That was wow. awesome. Um, a- can you say that word again? Mm. Symphorophiliacs. Mm. What's the... Uh- exact definition of that word i've never heard it before so i don't have the exact definition up but basically that's uh people who are sexually aroused by uh i guess like car crashes or horrible accidents or catastrophes Mm. uh involving like pain um and you know wreckage and you know human uh destruction that kind of a thing wow it's so cool when you learn something (laughs) new about yourself yeah via a word you've never heard before isn't that great i love when that happens oh god you you learn something new every day that's a big one for me i'm gonna write that down thank you michael Oh, you sick little freak. You sick fucking <laughs> freak. Uh, speaking about learning something new every day, um, I think we got to get our dear listeners ready for our discussion with a little mm-hmm. bit of trivia, don't you say? Wouldn't you say? Well, Michael, I would say. And I'm glad you brought it up. Thank Very you for doing that for me, Michael. Absolutely. Hey, y'all listeners, welcome back to the Sexy Trivia Game. We're going to get y'all real slick Mm. for some movie chatting Mm. with some trivia. Starting with the letter A. In a 1996 interview with the Vancouver Sun, David Cronenberg said, Italian film director Bernardo Bertolucci told him the film was a religious masterpiece. Mm, That's so hot, Michael. Remember that Bernardo Bertolucci is a sexual assailant? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, in Last Tango in Paris, there was not consent for that sex scene. Mm. What a piece of shit! I didn't know that! (laughs) I hate this guy. Wow! I just knew the last name. I did not know nothing about none of that. Yeah, he's problematic. Oh, he's not God. a good guy. Well, mm. I found out something new today. <laughs> Ooh, men who made movies in Europe could do anything back in the day. God damn it. <laughs> Shit. My bone is ruined. <laughs> Let's continue to number B. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> No, you're good. You're good. You're good. I'm not. He, he was right about Crash. Wrong about I'm a lot of things, but right about Crash. Fucking mad. <laughs> um, is this me? It could be. Go ahead. I'll give it a go. I don't know if I could follow up that voice, but I'll, I'll do my best. All right. <clears throat> Difficult to fill were the numerous sex scenes. One anal sex encounter between James Spader and... Deborah Kara Unger was especially hard. That was a difficult scene to do, but in bizarre ways, David Cronenberg said. 
You can't get hair to look the same way when it's messy. You can't get pillows to scrunch up the same way. I had those agonies, as well as getting the scene to work. Cronenberg's policy on set was to let actors review on the video monitors as much of their performance as they wanted to. They could see exactly how they looked naked, how they looked talking, or where their ass was when their sport was pulled up, he said. If they were going to freak out and be upset, then fuck it. They were going to freak out and be upset, and we'd discuss it. Very good. And that's how you have consent with your actors, baby. Before intimacy coordinators, yeah. Yeah. I have maybe told this uh, on the podcast previously, um, but I did take an intimacy coordination class. Where? A woman who, it was at HB Studios in New York. Amazing. Uh, Yeah, and it was with a woman who trained under the head of intimacy coordination at HBO, and apparently it's because things were so fucked up at the deuce that they were like, I guess we gotta have an intimacy coordinator. Wow. That's so cool that you've learned that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, look to look to Cronenberg. Don't look to Bertolucci. Do it, do it the right way. Don't have surprise sex scenes, please. <laughs> and we have one last piece of trivia. Yeah. Mm. Director David Cronenberg claimed that the entire film was shot within a half hour from his house in Toronto, Canada. Ooh, the pronunciation. Very yeah, nice. so that's some trivia. Yeah, that's some trivia. <laughs> Toronto, like totally like a Torontonian. Oh, thank you so much. I really like, was really good. trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, this film was shot uh, mostly within a half hour from David Cronenberg's house in Toronto. And apparently you live pretty close to some of the shooting locations. Is that right, Lindsay? I do. I live quite close to some of those shooting locations. So I am a born and raised Torontonian. Used to live in New York, hoping to go back. But for now, I'm in Toronto. And I'm not that far from where a couple of those locations are. Um, Those highway scenes, that's the 401 and the 404. That last scene with uh, Kara after the car crash is the Gardner Expressway. And it's really fun to see Toronto. I mean, this is a film that's also never explicitly says, hey, this is Toronto. But it is (laughs) so Toronto. Like, everything about it looks just like the city. They don't hide it at all. You even see the Mm -hmm. Ontario license plates. Um, Yeah. And it takes place all over the city. It's fun to see how small the city was back in the early 90s because now it's grown exponentially. And like, you know, Canadians have the uh, reputation of being polite and nice and well-mannered. But I mean, David Cronenberg is, you know, an absolute little freak. Um, Do you think that there is like a freakish core to to the Canadian psyche that is covered up by the politeness? (laughs) Yes. That is such a great question because I think when people think of Canadian cinema, obviously we think of David Cronenberg because we're talking about him right now, but usually the go-tos are like, you know, Adam McGoyan, Mm. um, Jean-Marc Vallée, rest in peace, so these are Quebecers, Uh, but people don't think about our freaky filmmakers too. Like we got (laughs) some real weirdos, especially out in Winnipeg uh, that make like really interesting Guy Madden, my favorite guy. Yes, Guy, (laughs) hometown hero of Winnipeg. Um, So there are a lot of uh, secret freaks in Canada. And uh, certainly, I think 
David Cronenberg set the bar and his son, Brandon Cronenberg, is now also a cinephilic freak as well. He did Possessor last year. Yeah. I think 2017 was antiviral and he just finished shooting his next feature here, uh, I think in the summer. So more freak content coming soon. That's a freaky family. In the north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, where does that come from? Is it because everyone's too cold? I think it's because we're all too cold. <laughs> you know, I think there's something too to be said about like um, our politeness, right? Mm. I actually don't think Canadians are that polite. I think we're passive aggressive, but mm. uh, I think there's something about that too. You gotta let you gotta let your emotions air out in other ways. So there are fun, even in Toronto. There's like secret little fun pockets, um, sex clubs, like sex parties. Yeah, there's a whole subculture of uh sex here in toronto but it is very much like hush hush and you have to know Mm. someone and know someone to go to these things but uh lots of closet freaks in canada interesting do you think there's like a canada sounds like a big brooklyn (laughs) it is like a big brooklyn i'm so sorry (laughs) shelly i love that comment uh i lost your question completely shelly but yes i I, you could think of us like a big brooklyn (laughs) a cold a cold a cold, freaky, popper-filled Brooklyn. <laughs> Yo, that sounds nice. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Also, fun fact: poppers are totally not legal to sell in Canada. So I actually bring them back when I visit the states <laughs> for my friends because people here love them. And like, if you if you smell them at a party in Toronto, everyone hounds you down. They're like, "Who has poppers?" Because it's so hard to get here. Oh so God! Kind of like Brooklyn. <laughs> Wait, Damn! I was gotta like, bring poppers to a Canada party. <laughs> yeah, the appeal of poppers is it just that it loosens your asshole? Um, that's part of it, but also, <laughs> <laughs> also, just a fun little head rush, kind of like chugging chugging a bunch of wine, but it lasts for like five minutes. So you just like shed a couple brain cells, feel a little warm and fuzzy, and then it goes away. <laughs> Question. <laughs> I'm learning so much. I didn't know that about poppers. That's why they call them poppers, right? Yes, Michael, it's because we didn't hang out when I was in Brooklyn last week. Holy but shit. <laughs> we'll have a whole introduction. I'm sorry if my mom's listening to this because I'm going to share it with her, but they are fun. They are God, fun. I hope my mom's listening to this and learning about these yeah. things. It's just, I don't know, interesting to learn and know. Yeah. Oh, poppers. Now, sorry to keep picking your brain on this, but... What is the difference in sensation between doing poppers and doing whippets? Oh, I wouldn't know. Does it feel I actually, same? I haven't done a whippet. Yeah, I think whipped. that that's like, um, like a back alley poppers. Yeah, yeah, maybe the Canadian poppers because we can't get them here. So we yeah. have to turn to that when I run out of my supply. I'm sorry. I don't want to be the neighborhood virgin here. But what's a whippet? I think it's when you, I I think, I'm not sure, but I think it's when people huff, like, the um, stuff, like, out of, like, an aerosol container, like, maybe, like, oh. the end of, like, um... <laughs> I done that, okay. <laughs> end of whipped cream. <laughs> yes, my dude. Yes. <laughs> you just didn't have the language yet. Just like we didn't have the language for being horny for Garex. <laughs> Yo. We're, we're yeah, learning yeah. the language we need to express our experiences. Look, drugs are everywhere. If you believe and have an imagination, um, <laughs> and now I know. You just have to look. <laughs> now I know who I am. Ugh. We do have weed here, fully oh. legalized. <laughs> nice. Know, Congrats. Like a less fun uh, drug to have available readily. Um, mm. But yeah, that's less fun. Yeah, it's okay. 
That's it. Okay. I think that's a good time. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, should be accessible. It depends on the what's the quality of the weed like in in Canada. Oh, it's it's quite good. I'm not a weed smoker myself. I have a lot of anxiety, and uh, okay. it perpetuates that. But mm. um, yeah, you know, I always think of the states as like where you go for uppers, and Canada is like where you go for downers because you can mm. only really access weed and alcohol here. And America mm. has all the fun pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that's real yeah the last time I had the last time I like like fully got high I um had too many edibles and I watched Mine Hunter and I got really scared and I kept googling on my phone can you die from too much weed no <laughs> <laughs> yeah classic. just googling like go to hospital for weed <laughs> <laughs> didn't Okay, I'm I might be getting the story wrong, but I think there was a cop in Canada when soon or maybe this was right before the legalization of weed, who smoked so much weed he like called the police because he got too high. And I think, oh my he, God. I think he lost his job. I might be getting the story wrong, but there's a funny story about yeah, a cop getting too high and kind of doing the same thing, except he called tattletailed on himself. Wow. Oh, I feel no. like in America he'd get a promotion. Yeah. God, that's so confusing. <laughs> He called the cops on himself, but he wanted help. What a dilemma. Yeah. And like a great lesson learned. Like, wow, yeah, they're maybe not equipped to do that kind of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah imagine uh, calling the cops for help. <laughs> well, now he knows expecting? all cops are bastards. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah Just yeah. the kick in the ass he needed. Yeah. He's on the A cab side now. Yeah. <laughs> okay so going back to crash do you remember when you first saw this movie and first realized that you were a nasty little freak yeah okay so i started the story earlier about showcase at night showcase at night i don't know who owned it i feel like it's a subset of hbo but you know we have different channels here in canada so (laughs) i had showcase at night they would play uh queer as folk which is also a great example of toronto not playing itself i think it's like toronto's supposed to be boston or something that had a lot of like really steamy sex scenes and i loved it it's a great show actually revisiting it as an adult it had a uh, yeah david duchovny's red shoe diaries the softcore porn and then i'm pretty sure i might i think i'm getting these these films mixed up in my head but i think it was i watched secretary on showcase at night and secretary. i was like same whoa same. whoa <laughs> Oh, hello, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, hello, James Spader. Who are you? That's my introduction. I'm like, okay, damn. I first watched, I was definitely an adult the first time I saw Crash. I don't think I was an adult when I watched Secretary. I was not an adult when I watched Secretary. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible. Um, But I think Crash, so big video store culture here in Toronto, and part Mm. of my whole TikTok persona is I'm a former video store clerk. I used to work at Queen Video. And I'm pretty sure I rented the film from either Queen Video or Suspect Video in Toronto, uh, first year undergrad. So I knew I loved David Cronenberg's films, another horny film, The Fly, Hello, amazing. Mm. Uh, And so I was like, I got to see, I got to see Crash, which is (laughs) one of his most divisive movies and supposedly was supposed to end his career. Um, Mm. So I watched this movie and I'm like, God damn, who is this? Everyone, there's a lot of hotties in this movie, but James (laughs) Spader in particular is so fine and he Mm. is like not at all my type like not at all my type but he is just that right amount of like preppy freak (laughs) that i was like enamored with him with um uh catherine unger Mm. uh, holly hunter like everyone in this movie basically is hot for the most part um (laughs) 
so yeah, I think I think if I'm getting my story straight, secretary was my intro to Spader, which is a great <laughs> intro, and then Crash was the solidification of my uh, attraction to Spader. Wow, so like your your first uh, encounters with Spader were like his like freakiest roles, like, <laughs> freakiest sex roles. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I saw you know I saw Pretty in Pink when I was a kid, and I mm-hmm. just think it wasn't it didn't even register. He's like yep. so. Like he's a babe, that feathered hair is great, but he's so like almost like um, conventionally attractive. Like he's mm-hmm. not my type. Like my type on paper is straight up just Jeff Goldblum and <laughs> Gina Davis. Like those two. Oh my god, Gina that's Davis. why the fly, the fly oh. is like, oh, the fly gets me going every time. Like that, that combo of those two tall kings, like straight up, gets me yes. every time. <laughs> then you got James Spader, who like not that height matters at all to me, but I'm mm. pretty sure he's a short king. I think he's like oh, five yeah. eight. Because Maggie Gyllenhaal is like objectively taller than him in Secretary, right? And that's what? fucking hot. I, I think so. I think he used to be a, a wispy man, bef- and you know now he's like an <laughs> <laughs> the egg. But also, he did this movie. So I started watching. I was like, damn, James Spader is like a sexy guy in movies. Uh, yeah. Sex Lies videotape, which is mm. fantastic, and then White Palace where he bones Susan Sarandon. Love that. She's a queen. Uh, Also so hot. Dream Lover. It's him and uh, Madchen Amick. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yo, he's just, like, hooking up with hotties in every movie. What a dream career. Yeah. Man, he's a guy who gains so much power from, like, just being, like, a weird dude. Like, I was (laughs) reading a Rolling Stone profile of him earlier. Um, I've got it. I pulled it up here. Um, Where William Shatner (laughs) says of him, uh, he has all his own idiosyncrasies. I really love him. And when you love someone, that's part of why you love them. Of course, if you fall out of love, they become beyond annoyances. (laughs) 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 I thought that was like a beautiful, like, if William Shatner thinks you're a weird guy, then, like, (laughs) you clearly have, like, a lot going on. Yeah, I was curious if anyone had written about James Spader and his, like, tendency for psychosexual films late 80s yeah. to early 2000s. I didn't quite find an exact article about this. Oh, sorry. My computer's making noises. Um, but I found uh, an interview with him where he said something along the lines of uh, all the films that he said yes to in his career were, like, things that took him by surprise. Hmm. They were they were also paychecks. He's like straight up, I work for money. But <laughs> I always like when I read a script, I wanted to be surprised by it, and I thought that was a really cool mandate. For yeah, that's very cool. Things. Yeah, to be able to pick and choose like that, and then pick yeah. the most divisive films. Like <laughs> Crash is such an objectively strange role that he plays as Ballard, but I can't mm. imagine anyone else playing that role and writing that really interesting line of like. He feels like a film producer. As a mm. film producer myself, I'm like, yeah, I see myself in this guy. <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, straight lace, whatever. But he's he's fucking his assistant, which yeah. you know, in the first scene of the movie, <laughs> has this really weird and kind of cold <laughs> marriage with his babe wife. Yeah, and uh, so he's like this funny, interesting mix of like total yuppie prep, which he plays a lot as a straight yuppie in films, other films too, but then also like closet freak or not so closet freak. Uh, and I think that's so interesting that he was able yeah. to do that for so long. <laughs> I think that like Cronenberg is really good at like finding those actors who like are maybe like outwardly straight laced and normal, but are like you said, closet freaks. Cause I mean, like I think about like Jeremy Irons and like Dead Ringers. Yes. And Oof. he 
has the weirdest interviews of like any actor I think I've ever seen because he like mm-hmm. he's clearly like kind of horny for his son <laughs> he like talks about that his, yes like, son's beautiful body <laughs> and like he's got so that crazy HuffPost live interview where he's talking about gay marriage and he's like if, if homosexual couples get married mightn't a father marry a son and you're like Jeremy what <laughs> Wow, was that after <laughs> that's Lolita? Came to mind. <laughs> that's wild. Was that after he did Lolita? I think so. Yeah. Oh, like, oh later. Shit, I didn't dude. know that. Why am I learning so much this episode? God. Yeah, Jeremy Irons is a controversial figure, but my God, does he bring it in Dead Ringers? He right. Yeah. Into that performance, insane. Yeah. If anything, I feel like Jeff Goldblum is kind of like an outlier because he's like an openly yeah. weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so many yeah. of the like Cronenberg guys are like little yeah like you said closet freaks <laughs> there's this actor um who i'm actually working with on a doc project in new york and he was in scanners <gasps> i don't know why i'm saying this slowly <laughs> scanners i'm scanning my brain for the information yeah, um, yeah, yeah. canadian uh montreal icon stephen lack he's now a, a painter he teaches actually painting Whoa. in new york and he's a subject of my documentary but he has a lot of really interesting things to say about working with cronenberg and he's such a weirdo like in a fun way like he I mean I, I don't want to share too many stories because like he, <laughs> maybe he'll find out but he is like totally someone that I imagine David Cronenberg meeting and being like you have to be in my movie you little freak because um, <laughs> he has just like the wildest things to say similar to a Jeremy Irons but not about lusting after a son you know mm. good <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing that's so exciting well so I mean so James Spader is a really weird dude in this movie um is would you say yeah. that like him in this movie is kind of your type whether it's like just in like having movie crushes mm-hmm. or like in you know people that you actually date like because he's a weird guy <laughs> he's a weird guy you know it's funny i ended a long-term vanilla relationship in the summer <laughs> with a guy who i would not call weird we're still friends lovely person very nice um, but very not weird in fact uh-huh. if james spader played him in a film it would be like james spader in the uh late 90s who's like more <laughs> of the like upper middle class like well-to-do like that mm. that james spader would play my ex mm. um no, I don't think James Spader and Crash is my type, but what I think it's especially because he's very switchy and mm. I prefer Dom James Spader of like secretary. I'm very much a I'm subby girl. So mm. uh yeah, switch James Spader, not my type, bisexual James Spader, hundred percent. Oh my god, yes. that scene with him and Elias Cateas, Jesus fucking <laughs> yes. Beauty on it's screen. So oh my god. And it starts with the tattoos, and you're like, oh, that guy's gonna get a tattoo. Like when that scene starts, you're like, no way is Ballard gonna get a tattoo. And then he does. Oh fucking yeah. Horny. Um <laughs> so it's weird because I'm like saying on paper, absolutely not my type, but there's so many things that he does in this film where I'm like, I'm very attracted to that, and it's very mm. weird. And I think that's why he works as a good um entry point to this discussion about like stealth sex symbols because i wouldn't have guessed reading the synopsis of this film that i'd be so attracted to this character and so many Mm. descriptions of the film call him a creep i don't think he's a creep at all no i I would argue he's not not at all it's it's there's a lot of consent involved in the film with the sex acts i will say there isn't full consent with the crashes right right yeah there is a sense of control with all the sex scenes that i really appreciate and transparency Mm. and i can kind of understand why you know, talking about secretary, 
uh, the kink community isn't so down for the ending of that film because it's like not something mm. that's discussed as much as it should be. But I, I see this character in this film as like someone who's really communicative for the most part. I know people read him as cold. He's playing it very cold. Mm. But I just think he's like a lost soul looking for looking for, I don't know, some escapism from his normal life. Same with his wife. Like they barely have a connection until the end mm. of the movie, which is a very sad heartbreaking that the end of the film like makes me really emotional I don't know how did you guys how do you guys read that ending well Michael was uh very uh thrilled by this movie so I'm gonna let Michael take it away (laughs) oh god um I loved this movie I specifically loved the sex scenes um I thought they were just so well done um Mm -hmm. But the ending, I kind of, I thought it was sad. Yeah, it's sad. I thought, oh, like, she's so close to death. Mm. And they're so horny. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a spoilers podcast, by the way? We spoil. spoil This movie is, like, very old. Decades old. (laughs) I think we can spoil it at this point. Okay, fair. So at the end of the film, right, the idea is that the ambition was to die, right? Mm. And she's so close, but he says, what are the exact words? Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Mm. It, it, it hits. It's like when you realize you have, you know, I guess a kink or something that like really you connect with and you realize mm. like the ultimate outcome of that is like something so damaging. I can't imagine that kind of... um yeah, the kind of conflict that would create for someone. And I feel like he plays that Mm. really well. I think a lot of the film is really about like the human experience. And I think there's a lot of empathy in this movie, though a lot of people Mm. don't read it the way I do. (laughs) I would argue this film is full of empathy and um, full of heart. Thanks, David. You're a very, uh, (laughs) very warm, gushy guy. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like that, you know, the death drive, sex drive thing. It's like, you know, there's a reason why the, French call it the petit mort. It's like, yeah, you that moment of oblivion, like that's there is a strong call to the void in, you know, mm-hmm. violence and in sex. Mm-hmm. And you could yeah. almost argue too, this is like the big death, like the grand death. Like you mm-hmm. die in these car crashes and you're recreating the famous car crashes that killed celebrities, presidents. Yeah. Like there's something so symbolic in that to try and find meaning beyond your little perceived existence in this kind Mm. of like cookie cutter city, like, sorry, no offense, Toronto. It's just like, it feels so (laughs) sterile. Mm -hmm. And I think it's shot in a really sterile way. Even Mm. like the the hospital they're in is like totally, you know, when I'm watching it, I'm like, it's not a micro budget movie, but that hospital Mm. feels micro budget. It's like, damn, you got an empty, empty corridor with like a bunch of beds. It looks like pretty budget, (laughs) but it works for the world of the film where like, in this sterile, cold environment, people are just trying to find something to connect with. And unfortunately, the thing that they do connect with is this extremely visceral, Mm. dangerous uh, experience, but it brings them so much. um, I don't, uh, it brings them something, (laughs) something they connect with. Or you can like feel something. Yeah. Yeah. These otherwise like cold characters finally feel something when they mm. go through these traumatic experiences uh, and they I connect do... with each other through it. Yeah. Mm. I, I love the whole community aspect of it. Um, mm. Like people just finding each other, people that wouldn't ordinarily uh, interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never been a part of a community <laughs> quite like this. 
Um, similar in some ways. <laughs> I'll have you know. But uh, not quite like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and yeah, there's some people, you know, that guy who's like, um, I want uh, really huge tits out to here. <laughs> yeah. Like that, guy, that guy. I was like, oh, that's totally the kind of guy that I would not interact with in real life. But if I had met him in an improv class at some point in 2016, Oh you know, you. maybe we would have connected. <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, we haven't talked about Rosanna Arquette's character. My God. Is, wow. When she appears, I mean, the movie feels like, okay, we're really going for it. That scar, right? Like mm. that is pure Cronenberg to create uh, a, a scar like that. That please Beauty. remind me because I, I don't quite remember the scene, but um, a Ballard like eats it out right he doesn't yeah. fuck it but yeah. it's like close okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. treating the scar like it is itself like like a vagina like it's yeah. so interesting and of course that's very Cronenberg he does that in existence and um mm-hmm. like that's like a totally Cronenberg thing but it's so interesting when she shows up too because she's such a uh interesting ca- oh, oh it's funny too because I guess you know with this funny little ragtag group of people who otherwise maybe wouldn't connect they all have sex scenes with each other. I mm. love that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my best. favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. They all connect to each other both emotionally, sexually, in different yeah. ways. Their sex with each other is always different. I actually didn't know until we were reading the trivia that the scene with um Ballard and uh um his wife in the bed, I didn't know that was an anal scene. I didn't know that was an anal scene either. Oh, yeah. Um I don't know. I didn't I um you know, <laughs> they said it was an anal scene. I don't think it was an anal scene. I've well, seen an anal scene. That's nice. Cronenberg's getting into, you know, all the holes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's interesting, too, because what's getting them off, right? They're not they're not so emotionally connected at that point in the film. But what's getting her off is she's talking about him having sex with them. Um, mm. A man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever tasted you, semen? Some have you semen ever tasted semen? saltier Ugh. than others. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she goes, would you, would you sodomize him at, while I guess he's, you know, having sex with her bum? It's great. I love <laughs> so that. Um, it, this is like pre us having the language for non-monogamy in the culture, but mm. um, I oh, absolutely fucking love that scene because I don't know. In that scene, I'm kind of like, oh, they, there is some real love here. Um, mm. You know, <laughs> there's some real love. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah. They, like I, I don't know. The whole time their relationship, it could be read as cold, but I don't know. They kind of, I just kind of felt like they knew each other. I was like, oh, they yeah. really know each other, so there's yeah. no surprises, and they just want each other to have like a a full life. I don't know. Yeah, almost... and there are like lots of like very boring conversations that seem to come up like every few years or so about like whether sex scenes in movies are necessary or like are they like a shorthand? Is it just titillation? And I think that like Cronenberg's movies make a great case for the fact that like. Oftentimes they, help, they help are the necessary and like yep. you learn a lot about character through like their sexuality and the way that they like interact with the people that they're having sex with. I mean, why are we trying to fucking erase like why? What? I hate that fucking conversation so much because uh, sex is part of a human experience. Mm-hmm. Like how how do you fucking delete a whole portion of the human experience? Like there are some people that do it real garbage, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it also, helps. Tell regardless the story. of whether it has like artistic merit, like let's be honest. It, we go to the movies oftentimes to have fun and it's fun seeing tits and dongs. Yep. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish, 
I wish we saw more dongs. I wish we saw uh, more dongs too. Like, don- like genital equity would be nice. Um, yes. <laughs> but I-, I do think these sex scenes are incredibly tastefully done. In fact, I mm-hmm. as I was watching it, I was re-watching, like I was kind of skimming through it. I've seen the film so many times. I was like, I don't know if I have to sit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there was a scene where Holly Hunter's character, she's um, like riding Ballard in the backseat of the car. And I'm like, that is exactly the car sex scene in Titan. <laughs> And it's mm. so great that it's like positioned and shot and fr- like sh- and framed the same way. I mean, there mm. are only so many ways you can have sex in a car. I know this. <laughs> I think cars are small, and there's only so many ways you can shoot it with mm. like, you know make it look good. But I thought it was really fun. There was a lot of visual references that I recognized in other mm. films too. That I thought, oh, did Crash influence uh, how these other films were shot? That was interesting. Cronenberg uh, is good. He knows how to do it. <laughs> I wish I saw Crash before I lost my virginity at 17 in the backseat <laughs> of an Xterra. Um, uh, it was it was bad. <laughs> um, sure. It was it was bad. My butt was in a window. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it got there, but a classic. Yeah. It wow, did. That is all the more impressive since you don't have a driver's license. Yeah, you yeah, lost yeah. Your virginity in a car. No, no, no. Really, See, <laughs> really homegirl was driving. Homegirl was driving. <laughs> homegirl is always driving. Um, and that's how that works. <laughs> Michael, well, as someone who also doesn't drive, agree. <laughs> Hard agree. Uh, Ash might have been the reason I don't have a license currently at 31, but you know, we make do. We find we make partners do. who do mm-hmm. have licenses. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of formative sexual experiences, uh, Lindsay, do you remember your first movie crush? Uh, yeah, because he's like, <laughs> My continued movie crush. Um, mm-hmm. My cinematic upbringing by my parents was like not so interesting. Um, okay. Michael, I know, I know your dad, and I know he has great taste <laughs> in movies. Yep, yep. <laughs> and you are so lucky that you had a parent that like let you watch mm. like RoboCop. But yep. Um, yep. I did not. I did oh not. God. Um, I love your dad. He's so funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, my parents were very like, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was a kid. Like, those, Same. Yeah, like weird stuff they would censor. And they're like cool liberal parents. They were just like, we don't want. It's probably why I am a freak. This is my villain origin <laughs> story. Because they wouldn't <laughs> let me watch horror films, weird shit. So I didn't grow up with a lot of interesting stuff. I think it was around 13, 14 that I started, I was able to rent my own movies and not mm. just have my dad pick stuff. But my dad did introduce me to his favorite actor, Jeff motherfucking Goldblum. And I've been infatuated with him since I was nine years old. I saw, I think it was, I mean, of course, Jurassic Park, but it was truly Independence Day where he literally saves the earth that I was like, will do. Not just could do, but will do. (laughs) And in fact, I think we're coming up on the three-year anniversary of the day that I met Jeff Goldblum in LA and he held me. And I was shit. Like I've met a lot of actors in my career. It's been great. I never get, you know, whatever starry eyed. But Jeff made me feel many things. Wait, and- what was? What happened? How was this? <laughs> I got to tell the God, I feel like it's so unremarkable though when I talk about it because it's like anyone can do this pre-COVID. He's he plays in a in a band. Uh, he's right, an incredibly skilled pianist, a jazz pianist, and mm. he was playing at the spot in Los Feliz. He used to have like a weekly residency. I was visiting Los Angeles after I quit my like corporate job. I was mm. working in the commercial industry, and I quit. Went to LA with my partner at the time, and I told my partner he wanted to go to a basketball game. I was like, go <laughs> and do not join me. I am going to this <laughs> jazz lounge to see Jeff Goldman perform. 
it was him and like his audience was all women my mother's age like some like Amazing. lovely boomer ladies love that and I, I was like the only millennial actually <laughs> i wasn't i found the only other goddamn millennial on the spot and i gave her my phone when i went up to him and i was like take photos because i knew she would come through like i knew she would oh take good God. photos i wasn't gonna give it to like nancy and get like yeah i was gonna say photo. was the other one his no, wife nancy but... and doris don't know what they're doing <laughs> uh emily his wife is from toronto actually um hey. yeah he's married to a canadian we talked about that which was funny <laughs> but he is very touchy he's a very tu- this is, again pretty cool. yeah. very touchy man so he like mm. held my hands and he like kind of touched my face and then we held we embraced each other and took these photos oh my um, god oh, so and- wonderful to meet you oh. <laughs> i was about to ask if you had a, a gold boom michael <laughs> I've been I've been working on it. It's good. <laughs> it's not there yet. Okay, it's good. Yeah, keep working on it, and you can like send me voice clips. I'll, I'll, I'll like rate them for you, or whatever, for oh, free. You know. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he was my first and continued to this day movie crush. That is amazing. <laughs> I heard a great story on a podcast one time where, uh, you know, he played Nick Kroll's dad on that show, The League. Oh, yeah. And apparently between takes, he would play a game out loud, but by himself of six degrees of Jeff Goldblum. That's, <laughs> so, he's unhinged. This, between this takes, he's just like, so uh, let's see, um, Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Bacon is in this movie, and then uh, that person's in this movie, and then that also starred um, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he says Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, incredible. <laughs> this man that is that is so great and what what a beautiful sort of full circle (laughs) we're talking crash we got the star of the fly (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think they are in some ways they're kind of um kindred uh actors spader jeff goldblum of course played a lot of freaks in his career too (laughs) so i'm not Mm. sure that spader's career now is as reflective jeff goldblum's having a very interesting resurgence of popularity where i think a lot of young people want to have sex with him um (laughs) i don't know if that's the same for james spader i I mean i i think he's still a very attractive egg and, and attractive in the way that i'm like because we know what a little freaky is it's like you're yeah. still i don't watch blacklist but i'm like yeah still could do you know he oh, yeah has that kind of <laughs> energy or like a little bit like jeff does but without the mm. giant stature you know yeah i think that jeff had the advantage of um wes anderson putting him in a lot of movies and of being uh, a, a stylish dresser and i think yes. that it has been to the detriment of Mr. Spader that everyone has seen those posters of the blacklist with him in like a little fedora and like a big trench coat. Aww, Honestly, I, I think it's it's the fucking fedora that is it's the, is, it's the fucking fedora. That's it. I think if he did some fucking horny ass movie at his age now, oh, people yeah. would be fucking down to clown. Um Yeah, yeah take but, the fedora yeah. off and James Spader if you're listening I would 100% fuck you, dude. Like, I'm, I'm sure you don't want to fuck me. And that's fine. I just want to let you know, like, if you are listening, you are still so fuckable. And, like, thank you for making some of the best movies that, like, totally um, messed my brain up so that I could, you know, only get off watching car crashes. But it's okay because it was with you, James. So thank you. Uh, what? Do not sell yourself short. You're a beautiful young woman. You know that older weird guy would love to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. What, what a nice, uh, wholesome note. Uh, this is probably one of our more wholesome episodes. Yeah, 
Um, so, oh God, and I'm so glad uh, that he was able to get you into uh, this uh, really interesting uh, subculture of horniness. Because, uh, uh, Shelley, I guess let's let's spring into some of the movie pairings that yeah. we would pair with Crash. Uh, the category is auto erotic infatuation. Mm, uh, good title. Isn't that a good title? I you think it's good. good. <laughs> um, Very good. So, mm-hmm. uh, Shelly, I'm curious to know what you would pair with Crash. I I don't feel like I had like a good good pick this week. I feel like normally I think you had I'm a good pretty pick. confident. <laughs> I haven't seen Titon, so I couldn't pick that. Which I have not really... seen Titon as well. <laughs> really frustrating for me. Um, but I chose a very formative, sexy car movie for me, which is the 1978 film Grease. What's that um, about? <laughs> uh, well, you you were so kind and you put a little, <laughs> I'm guessing IMDb uh, synopsis in here. No. Uh, the- Good girl Sandy Olsen, Olivia Newton-John, and greaser Danny Zuko, John Travolta, fall in love over the summer when they unexpectedly discover they're now in the same high school. Will they be able to rekindle their romance? What happens? You can't talk about Greece without going, Sandy! Sandy. So I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's a a car movie. Grease Lightning, of course, was very uh, important for me as um, a young, horny girl discovering um, her pussy. Um, it was big watching them gyrate on those cars. Uh, I don't know exactly why, but for some reason, I've been watching uh, John Travolta sing the song, Sandy. That used to be my fucking uh, audition song for every show. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's so good. I watch it like at least once a week. Uh, you know, he's in his tight little jeans. He goes and like stands in front of the screen and the commercials are projected on him. It's, uh, and then they fly away in the car at the end. Uh, it's a very, a very sexy car movie. Oh. Um, though I think yours is like a little more, um, you know, like straight to the point, a good fit with, uh, with Crash. So uh, what did you choose? So I picked uh, John Carpenter's Christine, 1983. Little synopsis. Mm-hmm. Unpopular nerd Arnie Cunningham buys a 1958 Plymouth Fury, which he names Christine. Arnie develops an unhealthy obsession with the car to the alarm of his jock friend, Dennis Gilder. <laughs> After bully, bully buddy Ripperton defaces Christine, the auto restores itself to perfect condition and begins killing off Buddy and his friends. Determined to stop the deaths, Dennis and Arnie's girlfriend, Lee Cabot, decide to destroy Christine. Now, uh, this movie is part of the I watched it in my grandma's basement canon. Um, nice. So I definitely watched this on like HBO or like Stars or some shit in like the early Ooh, 2000s. I was going to ask VHS or, uh, or nah. TV. This one was like on a network somewhere long, long time ago. So it's it's honestly been a minute. It's it deserves a rewatch. But what I love about this movie is I love any movie where uh, like a tough girl stands up for her uh, nerdy uh, boyfriend. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I like desperately craved in high school um, is, is just a tough girl to defend me. Um, oh, so cause I was, I was, I was Arnie 
Cunningham, but minus a car, I, I had a bike. Um, mm. So my version of this would be, uh, you know, a bicycle that I named uh, Idris, um, which is <laughs> a gender neutral name. Um, mm. And I think it's important that my bicycle is gender is is like like myself. I'm non-binary. Uh, my bicycle is also non-binary. And uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know. Sometimes I think about myself like I'm terrified of getting hit by a car, um, but I do feel like Idris would protect me uh, from hmm. cars because she's so old. She's such an old heavy bike, um, and <laughs> if you ride a uh, an old heavy bike in Brooklyn, um, if you get hit, then I hear it's not as bad. Mm. So that's hmm. um, <laughs> okay. That's that. <laughs> I that. I buy that. I also. You know, just speaking of high school, I just remembered that I did Grease in high school and played Rizzo. And I just realized that I wasn't allowed to say that I missed my period. But we were allowed to sing that line in Grease Lightning where they talk about how the chicks will cream. Huh. Interesting. We like it when ladies <laughs> cream. We don't like it when they have their their periods. Yeah, yeah. You can't I, have one without the other. Sorry. Nope. Nope, you can't. No, you can't. No, they they cut they cut my line, and I had to just lean over and like do like a big fake stage whisper in somebody's ear, so that then they could react and be like, "You what?" Uh, but yeah, but we could say that chicks were creaming. That's God. Yeah. you know That's strange. I did Greece and played Johnny Casino, and uh, my God, it was a time of my life. Oh man, Lindsay, have oh, you done God. Greece? Uh, no, I realized I'm like, I, I had like a small, like, uh, it, interest in acting in high school. And then I moved <laughs> to stage crew and that's like how my production career began. Whoa. I was like the lighting tech. This so makes... like, <laughs> now I'm a film producer. So like, I don't like being in front of camera unless it's on my TikTok. So, um, yeah, mm. I, I did never, I never did grease. Okay. So you're not an egomaniac like Michael and I? <laughs> well, I am in the sense that I put my face on TikTok all the time, but like mm. only in the role of mm. video store clerk. You know, I, mm. I can't play other people or I can't play other people well, rather. Look, so. next time you come to New York, you're doing Grease. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> all right. I don't care We're what's gonna going do Greece, on. But you cannot say that you missed your period. That is the one thing we insist. I would never. Yeah. I'll be coming. You can say the chicks force. are creaming, but you cannot talk about your period. Right, of course. I would oh, I was going to say, you should say you're ha- like, it's happening. It is hap- like, we are. <laughs> I think we should just lean I'm into sure. it. Yeah, um... I'll free bleed. I'll free bleed all over. Yeah, we're doing that grease. Yeah. Edgy grease. Yeah, grease. you want to know what the grease and grease actually is? <laughs> Woo! Menstrual blood, motherfuckers. Hell Let's yeah. Go. We have <laughs> periods here. Sorry. <laughs> Corporate sorry, America. Sorry. Are you scared of women's bodies? This is very like girl boss gatekeep, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love your choices, both of them, Grace and Christine. Yeah. And I know you said, Shelly, you haven't seen Titan, but Titan is truly the daughter of Crash. Crash <laughs> ran, so Titan. What, no, Crash walked, so Titan could run. Is uh-huh, that it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it Crash is... ran, so, <laughs> Titan, so could Titan could fly in the sky. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can fly like the car at the end of Greece. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so sexy. It's so good. Mm. I think the Academy is terrified of um, uh, Julia DeCarno as they should be. I'll follow her to hell. She's a badass filmmaker. <laughs> and she straight up references Crash in that movie. I think 
Uh, Titan is a mix of Crash and um, Tetsuo Iron Man. Oh, okay. Michael, we got to watch this movie. Oh, yeah, you boy, do. oh boy. Yeah, you we do. might have to we have, have a sequel to this episode. Ah, yes! <laughs> oh my God, absolutely. You Crash are coming two. back. <laughs> We're talking. Uh, uh, and it's funny too because I did this really silly TikTok recently that got a lot of hits. It was like 4 million views and it was horny films. And I mentioned both. <laughs> Crash and Titan, and people were so mad at me because they were like, "You think Titan's horny? What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "Dude, that film. I, one, I don't think Gen Z or whoever my audience is on TikTok, they're quite young." So I, I was—it's like, a lot of virgins. Do you know what horny means? It means the film is like about desire, a repressed yeah. desire. Like that film. If you, if anyone watches Crash and goes, "That's not a horny movie," I'm like, please <laughs> get your dang eyes checked because this movie and Titan so horny. And I was told to go to church, like. 20 times in the comments and you i'm like know, i'm jewish oh my God, so that's never so gonna funny. happen <laughs> <laughs> never gonna happen also us jews we don't have hell so like best of luck sending me there i'm fine <laughs> thank you very much oh gosh i'm free motherfucker Yep. <laughs> these kids Ugh. yeah there's an interesting understanding of uh sexuality on social media i truly cannot uh well i can't get over the age gap stuff about licorice pizza oh it's like have you never had a fucking crush? Also, can you like read a movie at all? Like I know. clearly the movie is not saying like it's cool to be 25 and hanging out with a 15 year old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny because it also came out the same year that like um, uh, Red Rocket also has age gap relationship. Yeah. Also, what was the uh, oh, my God, why am I forgetting the name? The Italian film played on Netflix. Oh, uh, um, yeah. The, the guy who did like the grand beauty and stuff. Yeah, and that's a horrific sex scene. That's like, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a rape scene. Like, I'll call it what it is, but yeah. I don't think it's played any other way. Anyway, yeah. I had a whole discourse on TikTok about it too because I was like, guys, like the worst part about licorice pizza isn't actually that age gap. It's the lazy writing and the uh, bad running montages, but yeah. we can get into that another time. I was just so annoyed with that movie. I'm like, man, you give Th- Paul Thomas Anderson money and he'll just do whatever he wants with it. I, I think he's an amazing filmmaker, of course, but I was like, yeah, the worst part of that movie is not the age gap at all. Yeah, I enjoyed Licorice Pizza. It's not a top PTA for me, but like, but I also had not been to a movie in like two years. So I was like, oh my God, the magic of cinema. Truly. I actually saw it in New York at the uh, Angelica East. (gasps) That's one of my favorite theaters. Oh my gosh. I didn't know Angelica bought it one, but the big cinema, like where they had the 70 70 millimeter projection, incredible. Mm. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That movie is gorgeous. Beautiful shot. Beautifully shot. But yeah, a little boring for me. Yeah. I can't accurately like rate any movie that I see in a movie theater these days because every time I go, I'm just like, really? movie theater (laughs) exactly exactly actually another recent car movie that i would say you have to go to the cinema to see and it's still playing in cinemas is drive my car very (gasps) much i've been meaning to watch fantastic movie so the car itself and this is like one of my biggest learning curves i never know names of cars but it's a sad (laughs) sedan and this huh. is like a car that doesn't get made anymore. My friend Tom told me about this. So shout out Tom. Thank you. But he's like, that's hey, such a cool car. It's like a rare car. And it's featured very mm. heavily in the film. The movie's a fabulous three hours, but you don't feel it. In fact, when it ended, mm. I was like, please continue. I want to stay in this world. It yes. was beautiful. Good uh, car movie. <laughs> car, car movies are good. I'm a fan of the car movies. Like I love, um, you know, Kiara Stami has so many great car movies. I love oh, that movie, yeah. 10. 
Yeah, yeah, about the mom who's like a taxi driver. Ugh. Of course, Taste of Cherry, huge one too. Oh god, massive film. Uh, Speed Racer. Speed <laughs> Racer. Taste of oh. Cherry and Speed Racer, the two <laughs> best movies. Oh god, fucking Speed Racer. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Nobody fucking talks about it. Dude, it's so yes. Okay, it's so good. It's actually so good. It's a great it's... movie. <sighs> I need to see Speed Racer. Yeah, you, you really do. Oh god, I fucking love me. The Wachowski like, sisters. Oh, Wachowskis forever. Wachowski supremacy. Love New Matrix. <laughs> love them. Um, I'm trying to think of like some more uh, car movies, but that's actually like a huge gap in my film knowledge because I'm not like a car person. If someone doesn't drive. <laughs> like Thelma and Louise, you know? Like, <gasps> oh, it oh, is a good car movie. <laughs> that is a good. Well, yeah, Holy Motors is a is a car movie. Yeah, the limo. God. Man, I think cars, cigarettes. Uh, are those the things that I care the least about in real life but love the most on screen? I think so. I like cigarettes in movies as much as I like them in real life, and it's fucking (laughs) terrible. Same, same. same. Definitely Um, same. I'm trying to... I don't smoke anymore, but I used to, and got to a a pack-a-day point, and then stopped one day, and I give myself one cigarette per year as like a little treat for being alive. little treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find but that very endearing. <laughs> it's it's uh it's terrible to like be by bars. I mean, I, I haven't been by bars yeah. in a real way in a while, yeah. but god damn, I miss cigarettes. Oh, yeah. and it's a great excuse. You're like, I gotta get out of here for a little bit, and then you god. just go stand on the sidewalk. Oh. The best thing to get out of uh being on set for me. It's like that's why I keep smoking. I I when I was shooting uh I like movies last year, I picked up smoking in a big way. It's funny because I don't yeah. really smoke unless I'm on set, but it's the only excuse you have to like leave set to take right. I mean yeah. we need other things that like are excuses on par with cigarettes. Uh, like mental like, health breaks. That would yeah. Be- just <laughs> yeah. like I just need to not be here <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's normalize mental health breaks instead of like doing it for poppers or cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's get poppers and cigarettes. Yeah, have a poppers break. <laughs> but also, you know. Got to pop. BRB. Ten one or ten five. Got to pop. <laughs> oh God. Jeez Louise, I could talk about uh, drugs and cigarettes mm. and all of these things forever. But we're coming up on the end of our episode. And so before we go, I wanted to play a little game that is a variation of Fuck, Mary Kill Mm -hmm. called Crash Refurbish Total, (laughs) featuring some of the sexy fucking cars Mm. that we've talked about this episode. And so just as a recap, if you have uh, the document open at the very bottom, I have pictures of Mm -hmm. these sexy fucking cards cars and uh, dear listener if you are listening along with us right now get into your google and google a picture of some of these (laughs) sexy fucking automobiles all right i'll give you a second all right now our just to remind you of the cars we have uh the lincoln from uh crash I don't know the specific kind of Lincoln that it is because I ride a bike. Same. Um, the next car we have our what's it called? A Plymouth Fury from Christine. And then we have Grease Lightning, which uh, I don't know what kind of car it is, but it has 
Firestone tires. And I've seen those on a lot of machines. And would you say it's automatic? It's hydromatic? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely would. It kind of looks like the Christine car, but that's because it, I'm car illiterate. So I would yeah. say I don't like comparing cars to uh, human beings. But, but you're in, I'm going to... <laughs> I would say there's like a real um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say which car is which, but one car is, is definitely more of like hmm. Let me think about this before I say it. <laughs> because I don't mm-hmm. wanna get erased from <laughs> existence right now. Uh, not at this point in culture. Uh-huh. Um but all right. I'm going to cast these cars as human men. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Grease Lightning is kind has kind of like a John C. Riley thing going on. Oh, what? But then ah. I what feel the fuck are you talking about? Look, it, he just has a he just has a John C. Riley. Grease Lightning has a John C. Riley thing going on like his mm. voice is is John C. Riley. Okay, okay, I get um, it. It just I makes don't agree, sense, but you know, I respect your opinion. Look, Shelley, if it's one thing I know, it's movie cars and who <laughs> play. One thing I know is John C. Riley <laughs> and and John C. Riley. <laughs> um. Uh huh. Okay. And then uh, Christine. Um. You see, I, I really wanted to avoid casting uh, female actors. Mm-hmm. as cars because i don't i don't i don't love you know you know how every car is like she like every guy mm-hmm. is like oh she's my car you know yeah because the car is your girlfriend right. i wanted to subvert expectations a little sure. bit Appreciate um that. i think christine is like kind of a honestly kind of has a like a james dean like all-american mm. hot boy um okay. you know kind of like a lucas hedges kind of thing happening what? james dean and lucas Hed- what the fuck they're the same they're the same shelly <laughs> i love where this is headed it's and then uh yeah, this yeah. lincoln is uh, uh harvey Keitel. okay that i absolutely 100 uh, percent yes yep yes. agree that is correct okay. um but which one are you um crashing fun. refurbishing and totaling right so I think I'm, uh, I'll 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 I'm gonna crack. I'll just go through this quick. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to drive any of these cars, so you have to just sure. visualize me not kn- knowing that I I just I am encountering these cars in like a sexual way mm-hmm. in some cases, but I don't know how to drive them. I don't um, have to drive it. I mean, like you know, so dick in the tailpipe. Dick in the tailpipe is kind of what I was thinking for yeah. um, this Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very kind of a like if I were to just go neutral with this, I'm like in the uh reminds me of like Harvey Keitel, mm-hmm. a little bit uh Francis McDormand, like this is a seasoned actor of a car. Sure. Um so I'm I'm that's that's a car I'm crashing. Mm-hmm. Um Okay. And then uh car I'm totaling, um I'm sorry. I 
Grease Lightning, I don't mm. even know what kind of car you are. Sorry, <laughs> pass. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I. it's just not for me. Um, don't know where, don't know how to start driving this machine. Mm. Uh, done. I also want to note that there is like a watermark on this picture of Grease Lightning that you included that says, I think, bongos. Bongos, bongos, <laughs> yeah. Bongos. Thanks, <laughs> um, so thank you to bongos. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking John C. Riley. I was thinking mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, actors everybody fucking likes. I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, this Plymouth Fury uh, has... Yeah, just a very smoldering uh, kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm shallow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm marrying this car. Um, all right, all right. I uh, I want people to see me with this car specifically. Um, this car, I'm thinking, uh, honestly, beyond Lucas Hedges and James Dean, I'm just thinking about people that I want to be seen next to. Um, mm. Viola Davis. Um mm. Mm-hmm. You know, this this car is just kind of says, you know, look who's in charge. Look who's look. I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. I'm the boss now. Um, yeah. I don't know how to drive it, so I will be just standing next to it. But okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, we'll get you in some blue jeans. You can lean up against it, smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How about y'all? Okay. Create, create, yeah, exten- Lindsay, expand this autoverse, you if you will, Lindsay. <laughs> well, I think I'd like to think of the cars as their characters in their respective films. Mm. I think that's what I want mm. to do here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this makes it quite easy for me because <laughs> <it's, Yeah>. you've <laughs> picked, you've truly, you've picked a horny car, a scary car, and a really lovely car. So I'm going to follow the, um, I guess, like the kind of the rules of each film world. Mm. And mm. I love I'm that. Gonna, yeah. Better choice, <laughs> much better choice. <laughs> and I love the James Dean Lucas Hedges thing, even though I'm not down with Lucas Hedges. Absolutely insane. But okay, so definitely, and I, I have to use the the real terms to think about it this way. But I definitely fuck in the Lincoln, the crash mm. car, um, mm-hmm. assuming you know James Spader's driving it, or sure. even uh, you know Deborah Unger could drive me around mm. in it. Would fuck. Um, absolutely got a total Christine. No way. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not but she'll defend car. you but she'll protect mm. you from bullies it depends who i am it depends who i am in the film i don't think yeah. i'm i don't think i'm the nerdy guy maybe i am mm. <laughs> i'm reading myself wrong i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> You're the i don't know i'm a jock i'm a bully um no <laughs> christine's coming after me i'm afraid of her um but i i'm gonna marry the grease car because she, mm. she they fly the, mm-hmm. the car flies i don't drive Practicality wise, um, this is like a good long term scenario for me. Um, yeah, it's the safest thing you could ride around yeah. in. As like hokey and ridiculous as it looks, I can fly mm. in a car and I probably don't have to drive it or get my license. So um, mm. I think that works for me. Mm. I like it. I like it. Man, really, really solid reasoning. Michael, you had very um, creative reasoning. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't like the way you said creative. <laughs> <laughs> I for myself. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to crash, aka fuck the grease lightning car. Um interesting. Because as you know, it says in the song, it is a real pussy wagon and it makes the chicks cream. So 
clearly that has to be my like you know sexual sensual erotic choice yeah i think i've got to refurbish aka marry the crash car it, yeah that's a great it's a solid car right like it's it goes a- through a lot yeah really it's hangs in there and that's what you want in a marriage uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then i'm fucking totally that christine car because that car's not gonna get me what yep. no chance in hell what if you have bullies what if you have bullies what if, what if we're the bully <laughs> oh. i know myself michael <laughs> i could be the bully <laughs> this is you know what oh I've been bullying you this entire episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry that my new uh, spouse car is is mm. going to run you over. I feel bad about that. <sighs> Damn it! God, I don't want that car, to happen. Sexy car to be run over by, to be honest. Like totally. This is true. Totally a hot car. Um, yeah, we could maybe alone. get into the crash mindset and like enjoy getting hit by that car. I'm going to write some fan fiction easy. about these cars. Easy, <laughs> easy, easy. Write yes. a little corgi. Cool kind of reminds me of this like funny subculture that exists on tiktok with the infatuation of thomas the tank engine what like, oh my god thomas the tank engine and like do cosplays <laughs> and like insert thomas into like uh the new resident evil on like i didn't play it but like you know the like hot babe character who's scary and really tall with the big boobs they, like, oh yeah thomas the tank engine's face on her body <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, or just, I'm I just have no Thomas idea. I'm on I mean, Thomas the Tank Engine TikTok. That's like a weird place to be. I gotta Trains get on TikTok. Very sexual, you know, like the yep. famous end of North by Northwest when the train goes in the tunnel, and we all know what that's about. We know 100%. what that's about. Yeah, it's a penis in a vagina. Mm. Oh, sick! <laughs> oh, <didn't> no, damn. <laughs> It's heterosexual like history for everyone. Heterosex, everyone's sick. <laughs> we know. love heterosex. <laughs> I need to see more trains going into trains and, and tunnels going into tunnels. Um, great movie called Docking. It's a short film that's being distributed by Oscilloscope about two, you know, the act of docking. The, the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, but of course. It's, uh, spaceships. My friend Trevor Anderson made this film, and it's Get... very good. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know what I'm going to be fucking watching after this. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, another Canadian weirdo in the best way. Oh, God. I do fucking love Canada. Guys, if there's anything we can leave you with in this episode, it's that we fucking love Canada. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lindsay, this has been so fucking fun. Uh, Man, we've really covered all of the most fun topics. Oh, (laughs) my God. Canada. (laughs) I've loved this every second of it. My first podcast, and I'm really glad I I did it. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you so much. Natural, babe. Oh my <laughs> hey. god. Oh my god. You are a celebrity and icon and uh the children should honor you. Oh, they should. And just... they will. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> the young kids lover. Uh, now, is there anything that you would like to plug? Can you let people know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, all of my socials are at Lindsay's Online, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, like Lohan, I guess, online, <laughs> uh, my TikTok, my socials. And if you're interested in seeing any of the films I'm working on, you can follow my personal account or Faye Pictures, F-A-E-P-I-C-T-U-R-E-S. 
Yeah. Amazing. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at everyoneishotpod. Uh, that's one as in the numeral one, not a witty. Everyone is hot pod. Uh, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you tell us in the review uh, who your stealth sex symbol is, we will happily read it on the podcast. Uh, and if you're going to give us less than five stars, you can go fuck yourself. Like, why would you even do that? That's so yeah. disrespectful. I think especially during this time in history during this month if you go mm. on apple music and you leave us some fucking four stars and are like oh i really like a uh, fucking uh... uh francis mcdormand is the only person that comes to mind <laughs> for this example but okay, okay. uh if you say some shit like that i'm gonna go to your house mm. and i'm gonna get in my bicycle and I'm going to crash into it over and over and over again. Baby, watch the fuck out. You better watch the fuck out. Watch the fuck out. I'm going to kick your fucking little ass. Anyway, please give us five stars. Five we stars, really appreciate please. it. Thank you. Um, Michael, would you like to tell our dear listeners what we would like for them to do going hey, forward? Put on a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. Uh, put your hands on 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, look around, make sure there's no pedestrians in mm-hmm. front of you, mm-hmm. and then put the pedal to the metal and stay horny. Stay horny! <laughs> <laughs>
code PROGRAM.